welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Unbelievable. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for And try the coffee. You know, we it never, turns out. We never, it's a school coffee parlor, Ludlow, Kentucky. Exactly. Hey, uh, I've known you, I was just thinking the other day, since about 1970, you and I, our spouses, we all became friends and had, had this rather painful friendship for all these years. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's been great. Yeah. But, and I realized that... Uh, when we met and yeah. you were raised raised up as I'm a Kentuckian and we say you were raised up in uh, the New York City area. Yeah, tough neighborhood. Tough neighborhood. Oh, man. And I, I grew up in this area. and yeah. But then, you know, we became friends. Yes. And, but you lived a whole life, it seems to me, from what I've read and what I've seen in documentaries before you got to Cincinnati. And if yeah. you were the ruler of Monaco for four years. You yeah, invented yeah. the cotton gin. You did a lot of stuff. Yeah, yes. And one of the things... Um, gradu- little well, facts I was going to say Springer. I graduated with Lincoln, but actually he didn't graduate. No, he didn't graduate, no. period. And, and I um, actually was sitting in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, for the eclipse a few weeks ago, and I'm sitting around a campfire, and a discussion came up about a wrestler. And... That has led to something I want to have us kind of look at tonight. But I remembered, didn't I recall that you were, before you got to Cincinnati, a professional wrestler? Didn't you do something? We call it wrestling, but weren't you a a wrestler? Yeah, well, people, you know, I'm not on steroids anymore, so my (laughs) neck size went down. Mm -hmm. No, I. but I, just a few years ago, I, uh, I wrestled in Monday Night Raw. You did really? not. I, I I was on Monday Night Raw. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> no, I, Who did you wrestle? Well, they were the uh, oh my gosh, the, the the two women, the twins. Oh, for the <laughs> right. Well, I wasn't supposed to wrestle them. The story was <laughs> that they were having a big argument, uh-huh. and I, they brought me into the ring to try because I'm very good at calming people down so they don't fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was supposed to try to figure out what the drama was. And it kind of got out of hand. And all of a sudden, one of them grabbed me and body slammed me. Now, I'm wearing Whoa. my is, suit. Is there a video of this? Can oh, we yeah, look this you can up? get it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I'm That's serious. what I'll be doing directly That has to go on show. our website like tomorrow oh, morning. Yeah. This is God's truth. And so I'm face down. And, 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 and the, 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 the twin, one of the twins is on me. And I said, you know, you got 25 minutes to get off me. But, uh, In true so, Springer fashion. Yeah. And, and then everyone charges into the ring, immediately breaks out. And finally, you know, it, it, it's over with, they're clearing the ring, and they bring in a stretcher. Whoa. This is true. That, like the neck stretcher, and that they, board. And they bring me out on a stretch. And you know how you watch a football game, and sadly, sometimes the player gets hurt. Yeah. And as he's being wheeled out on the stretcher, it's thumbs up. People are clapping. So <laughs> there are 20,000 people. This was in Baltimore, in the arena. And they're all chanting, and they're suddenly hushed because have I been hurt? And I put my thumb up <laughs> like this. Well, 
you know, obviously it's theater. But I hadn't told Mickey. Your wife. Or Katie. Or your daughter. <laughs> that wow. I was doing this. Oh so if for some reason someone called and said, oh, my God, Jerry was taken out on a stretcher. I'd yeah. kill you. Oh, no. Yeah. She would have immediately gone to the bank and withdrawn. <laughs> <laughs> on second yeah. thought. Yeah, Vicky's yeah. not stupid. <clears throat> no. no, she... No, she yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's the second time because I yeah. remember what was, even yeah. in Cincinnati... Oh, the bear. You wrestled a bear. I do remember yeah. this story. When you were a city council member yeah, or mayor I lost or something. that one, too. Yeah. yeah. What are we learning from these stories, Mr. Springer? Well, hey, Megan, <laughs> do you realize in in wrestling the villain is a big deal yeah and it's a ticket to maybe having your best shot at getting some fame in wrestling if you can be a villain there have been a lot the chic i'm thinking back to my days the crusher the bruiser don eagle he was more of a good guy but imagine if you were in southeastern kentucky mm -hmm. coal country and liberals are not very popular in southeastern Kentucky, no, as had, well as the hollers of no, West Virginia. No, they had one there back in 57, I think. They yeah. They had one. <laughs> one got, got one a flat tire, right. but they and ran him out of town. <laughs> so this came up around this fire down in Hopkinsville. Someone <laughs> said, have you ever heard of this guy named Dan Richards? And I said, no, I never heard of him. And they said, oh, you got to check this guy out. And he is, he is a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he calls himself the progressive liberal. And on the mm. butt of the trunks he wears, it says progressive liberal. And the shirt that he wears is like a what, tight fitting long sleeve t-shirt. And on it, I've seen it, seen pictures of it, uh, is Hillary's face 50 times all Shut over. Up. And he comes out, David, play a little clip, uh, David Pruce, our technical producer. And this is uh, some audio from uh, one of the events where he did his thing. He lost the popular vote, fair and square. Talking about Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. You are not my president. I'll show you who my president is. T-shirt with Hillary. It's Hillary Rodham Clinton. That should be the president-elect of the United States of America. And these are wrestling fans. They're <laughs> going are crazy. <laughs> Well, this goes on. I mean, he'll grab the microphone from the announcer, and he then uh, he then goes off on the crowd. Yeah, and taunts. Is he the like crowd. standing on the rope sometimes? And yelling sometimes at the he's crowd? up on the rope yelling, and then sometimes he wins the fight over the pro-Trump guy, and the audience goes. Eight. Oh, when that what, happens. So, which realm of like, what's the group of wrestling that he? I don't. We've I don't, got him on the phone. Let's ask him. Okay. Like, 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 what league does yeah, he wrestle league? in? Yeah, All yeah. right. Yeah. Let's say hello to Dan Richards, the progressive liberal. Hey, Dan. Oh, Dan Richards. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Well, Dan, how you doing? God bless you, Dan. You're going to get me back to loving wrestling again. <laughs> I, I remember that segment you were in, Jerry. I thought you were hurt. Oh, so you, yeah, you saw me on the thing, yeah. Well, I was a little bit hurt, but as you know, the um, canvas has a little bit of give in it. Little. Yeah, yeah, not much. <laughs> but they know, see, we didn't rehearse this. They, they, well, they told me they may play around with me, and I said, look, I'm 70, at the time I was 71, you know, don't hurt me. So they and body they said, slammed you. So they body slammed, but they do it in a way that 
It's uncomfortable, but it's not life-ending. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, there's probably worse ways to sustain an injury, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Hey, but, Dan, yeah. how did all this start with you? How did you get into this? And we're curious about, you know, were you a jock in high school and college? Because as, as Jerry's pointing out, it probably is, you know, it's p pretty tough on your body no matter what the flooring is you're throwing your butt down on. But where'd you get this idea of the progressive liberal? How did, tell us the backstory on this, would you? Um, I'll try to tackle all your questions here. And to go back to what you were talking about earlier before you brought me on, um, I'm an independent wrestler. So just like any other contractor, I can work for you know who chooses to book me and who I, where I choose to go. So there's a little bit more freedom than, you know, the guys you see on television where they're working for one company. Yeah. All right. And how'd you get into it? And what kind of venues do you work in? Uh, stuff like that. Um, the venues vary from place to place. But, I mean, I, I wanted to wrestle since I was a kid. I saw Hogan and Andre on WrestleMania three, And I was a I've been a fan ever since. Uh, but I, as far as a progressive liberal character, I, I, you know, I truly am a liberal. I, I don't know. Some people question that when they first started covering me, and they quickly found out that to be the case uh, that I was. Um, but I conceptualize it before Trump ever was uh, even a, a factor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about 2014. And then by the time I was ready to execute the. Uh, this side of my personality and bring it to the squared circle. He had been a candidate for a few months, and that certainly changed the dynamic of, of everything. So the crowd, really, because I'm assuming, and I'm, I guess I'm stereotyping, but when I look at a wrestling crowd, much like a NASCAR crowd, I'm assuming most of the people watching and cheering or whatever are pretty conservative. Pretty, you know, I'm not saying they're all right wing, but I'm saying you don't find many Hillary Clinton liberals in a, in a crowd at a wrestling match. There are wrestling fans throughout the world and all throughout this country. So there's fans in Los Angeles, just like there are in uh, Beckley, West Virginia. So you could pretty much look at an electoral map and see where I'm going to be cheered and where I'm going to be booed. Yeah. <laughs> and, is, and are you, do you sort of look for bookings in? places that are super red community so that you can get this villain thing going? Is that your angle? Uh, I mean, I, that's where I started and where I predominantly wrestled and where I caught the eye of, uh, you know, the national media was a lot of my stuff that I was doing in East Kentucky. Yep. And a lot of people assumed I lived in Kentucky. I actually live in Richmond, Virginia, which is a pretty liberal city okay. um, mm -hmm. itself. Yeah. So uh, the capital, uh, the capital yes, of the Confederacy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, oddly enough, I mean, uh, Virginia is like a microcosm of the country with how it's divided politically. Exactly. Um, yeah. And did so, you, uh, when you were a kid, were you a jock, or is this uh, something your body can handle? Tell us a little bit about your phys your physique and your background to do this. Well, I just have the perfect physique. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Man, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, um, let me just stress this. It's, we weren't put on this earth to uh, slam our flesh against any surface, much less uh, plywood with a small bit of padding over the top of it. 
Um, I, my first day of training, I took a, when we hit the mat, we, well, we refer to it as, as a bump. And my first day of training, I must have taken like 250 bumps. And I mean, it's a shock to your system. And I puked and, you know, but I just kept going because I wanted to like do this fun. my whole life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dream come yeah. true. <laughs> it was. <laughs> And um, in real life, you are, what, I mean, in real life, what, what is your, you have a regular job outside of wrestling? I mean, I've been a real estate investor for oh. a few years, so. So you I, know I about that. body slamming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got a pretty good market here in Richmond. So, and I, I got into it uh, at, at, after the crash um, mm. that, you know, just happened to happen during the Bush administration. But yeah, I've been doing that for a few years. I opened up a property management business. And, so what kind uh, of like what are the size of the crowds and what types of stuff? Like who's getting into this? Because I, especially as an independent wrestler, like who are you fighting? What kind of stuff? Tell us about that. Uh, I mean, I, a lot of times it's another independent wrestler, but lately I've gotten a, the pleasure of uh, wrestling a lot of guys that were, you know, featured on WWE television. Most recently, cool. I worked with uh, Hurricane Shane Helms. Uh, that was a real treat. I worked with uh, Gene Snitsky, who used to be in the WWE. I've worked with plenty of guys that have been on TV, but, yeah. uh, you know, I enjoy being in front of the crowd, regardless of uh, yeah. whom I'm in the ring with. And it, the crowd sizes vary from place to place and promoter to promoter. Yeah. And is it growing for you? Is this angle of the progressive liberal working for you? Uh, yeah, certainly now with uh, with all the national attention I've gotten, uh, a lot of times, you know, if I'm prom uh, if I'm promoted to be at an event, there are people buying tickets specifically to you know see the guy they saw on Tucker Carlson or HBO or mm -hmm. you know MSNBC or whatever the case may be, or maybe. The, after they hear me on the Jerry Springer podcast. There you there go. You go. Oh, I love a, it. This is a career boost, no question. <laughs> hey, Dan. Jerry, do you know I was on your show in 2005? Uh, and that's all the time we have for now. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the show? What, what did you On do? the TV show you're talking? Yes. Tell us uh, about uh, it. Let's, yeah. Well, the, okay, tell us about it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was a sore spot. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen the show? <laughs> of course it's oh, a yeah. sore spot. <laughs> oh, man. Um, was so, it fun? And, oh, yeah, I had a blast. It was awesome. I've got a picture uh, with our group and Steve. and uh, I met you in the green room, but you were kind of passing through. Um, but we, at the time, I was wrestling a lot in Tennessee, and the guy that was actually booking me had been on your show like seven times. So he asked me if I wanted to be on the show, and I was like, yep. So, <laughs> nice. So, this is um, great. And you, ever since, your career just, just right through the roof. <laughs> Holy cow. Exactly. That's it's what happened. We did I'm a, so proud. <laughs> we did a Thanksgiving uh, food fight, four-way love uh, quarrel or something like that. There you go. <laughs> love it. Hey, Dan, in closing, where, where can people see you or maybe come to a match? Uh, how how are you marketing yourself? Do you have uh, Facebook presence or website? Where can we send people? I have a website that finally just uh, went live. Uh, yep. DanTheProgressiveLiberal.com. We'll do a link up on our website, JerrySpringer.com, yeah. to DanTheProgressiveLiberal.com. 
And uh, that'll be a starter. And obviously, if you don't now, you'll have your link over to your Facebook and other social media stuff. But Dan, the progressive liberal dot com, it'll be right up there with another website that is just getting a huge number of hits. <laughs> AskTheLifeguard.com. Oh, man, that is. So Crashed the internet like three times this week alone. Three. It's unbelievable. Hey, let's hear it for Dan, yeah. the progressive right. liberal. Thank you, Dan. Dot com. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry, Gene. Much appreciated. All right, okay, good talking now. to you. Hey, everybody, right. stick around in a few minutes. Uh, we have Tommy, uh, Tommy Womack, Womack yeah. from Nashville, Tennessee, who's going to do some music for us. And Jerry, I uh, wanted to ask you something. Uh, <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you about protesting. Because you, on a serious note, we have known each other since the early 1970s, and you and I together, by the way, have done a number of protests Ooh. over those years, whether it's for civil rights, voting rights, uh, stopping nuclear power in the southern Ohio area. The war, remember we were... Oh, man, the we, war in New York City when we yeah. got involved in a protest, and that goes back to the Iraq war. Right. It, it seems to me that protests, or have they gone through any kind of an evolution or... Are they different today than they used to be? Well, to I think about? in terms of the used to be, I think we Americans tend to romanticize our acceptance and uh, of protest. In other words, we're, we're very proud of it in terms of our history. We look back, for example, at um, women's suffrage or um, the, the initially the organized labor movement or the anti-war movement, certainly civil rights. Martin Luther King has, you know, become, and deservedly so, uh, one of our great iconic heroes in American life. And we look back and we see the um, sitting in at the lunch counters and going to the back of the bus and walking across the bridge. And so when we look historically at America's history of protests and what a significant part it has been in the development of our country, we have a very positive view of it. But at least in my lifetime, it seems like every time a protest movement starts, we invariably hear from most people, not all, from most people, well, I, I kind of agree with what they're saying, but I, I don't like the way they're going about it. And so recently, you know, people were unhappy with, oh, the Occupy Wall Street, those, those people are crazy. Black Lives Matter, what, what are they doing? Yeah, I know there's some issues, but good Lord. And I remember starting with the anti-war movement. These kids are crazy. They're hippies, they're burning their draft cards. They're nuts, they're crazy, they're communists. And, you know, within four years, the whole nation was saying we should get out of Vietnam. And so it seems to me we're a little bit hypocritical because we say we love the idea of protest, but then when it happens when, while we're around and it inconveniences us, or you know, how many people watch television and we see that, oh, look at that, look at that demonstration, look what happened at the Chicago convention, look at that. These people are crazy, they're nuts. And we have a very anti-feeling about it, or much of the country does initially. And those of us who are progressive, I would like to think we have more tolerance 
and more understanding for what protest is, and that in the beginning, protest is always uncomfortable because change doesn't happen in most cases, certainly not big social, cultural change. It doesn't happen without protest. You know, men didn't suddenly in 1919 saying, you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to give women the vote. By gosh, let's quickly give women the vote. No, there had to be demonstrations, marches, all kinds of things going on. And then, of course, with um, the labor movement, business didn't suddenly one morning wake up and all businesses, you know, we don't pay our employees enough. I got an idea. Let's pay them more. Make it a 40-hour work week with um, overtime. Let's make sure they get a vacation. Let's make sure they get benefits. Of course not. There first had to be, and became very difficult and even violent at time, there had to be labor strikes. There had to be organized, you know, the development of unions. And we had to go through all that. Now, it's on my mind because yesterday, of course, was as we're recording this, yesterday was um, Labor Day. And there were rallies all around the country, as there should be. And unions are in trouble now in terms of the percentage of the working population that um, have union members. And we had to recognize that virtually everyone who has a job, a paid job in America today, in other words, works for somebody, owns whatever they're getting to unions whatever working conditions they have, if they have any benefits, even if there is a minimum wage, which is not where it ought to be, of course, but anything like that, even if you work for a company that isn't unionized, the chances are whatever good deal you're getting, you're getting because the company was afraid of a union coming in. You know, the example I always give, um, being here in, in Cincinnati, Procter & Gamble, a wonderful company. And, you know, my wife worked there. That's where I met her. And she got, we got incredible benefits, you know, when our baby was born, when our child was born. But the truth is, Procter & Gamble had these wonderful benefits for all their employees because the last thing in the world they wanted was a union to come in. But again, the movement started where people were very unhappy with it. And then, of course, the, uh, the women's suffrage, I said, Occupy Wall Street, and you know what? It, it, it kind of became most Americans now are saying what Occupy Wall Street said only a few years ago, that we have to do something about income inequality, the disparity between the few at the very top in terms of income, and then great masses below. So all these issues eventually become mainstream. So if you would ask, and I'm assuming in this room most of us are progressives, we would all say, God bless the protest movement. Even if it's an issue that I didn't think about offhand, and I feel a little bit guilty that it wasn't on my conscience before, the protests make me think about it and learn something about it. So it's a positive good. That's what we think. And then if I'm honest with myself, a couple of weeks ago, we had Charlottesville. And there were the, it was the Klan and the neo-Nazis marching. And my human reaction, you know, having had family exterminated in, by the Nazis, you know, my human reaction was those bastards, how, you know, how do we let them march? And, 
this is awful. This is, you know, and I can find no good excuse why the Klan and the, and the Nazis should, you know, be marching in America. So how do I square that? And I'm trying to come up with some kind of theory that isn't hypocritical. And I think how I distinguish the two. Now, I'm not saying under the Constitution, neo-Nazis don't have a right to march. I understand under the Constitution they still have the right to march. But why I have no sympathy for fighting for their right is because all the other marches I'm talking about, and almost everyone you can think of, has to do with advancing the idea America, advancing what the Declaration of Independence says, which is basically the goal of where America ought to be, that all men are created equal. Our forefathers recognized from day one, because they had slaves, that America wasn't there yet, but the goal was to create the one place on earth where eventually all people would have equal opportunity. All people would be welcome. Wouldn't matter where you're from, what your religion is, who your parents were, the Statue of Liberty, not the wall, the whole concept. And every protest that I've been going through really was an advancement for some group to have more freedom under the Constitution, whether it's gay rights, women's rights, workers' rights, minority rights. The people protesting today, those, you know, the 800,000 people born in America who uh, don't have their papers because, well, not necessarily born to America, brought to America by their parents at the age of six and are living their whole life here, and now suddenly because their parents didn't have the papers, they might have to be sent back. And they're on the streets right now. And so we understand all these marches had to do about expanding or fulfilling the idea America. And yet the Klan and the neo-Nazis, everything they're marching for is to eliminate the idea America, do away with the concept of equality, of freedom and justice for all. So there is an argument to be made that they don't deserve the rest of us standing up and say, by gosh, you know, they're going to be protected. But the idea that we got to give protest a chance, no. If your whole idea is to eliminate America, then you're eliminating the very basis of having the Constitution. Protest what you want America to be like. But you can't protest the existence of America. And if you are against a multicultural, free, justice-seeking land of opportunity, then you're against America. You're not for our country. It's close to being treasonous. And if that's where you are, I'm not going to sweat because you're not getting fair publicity for your cause to destroy our country that gives people these rights. All right. All right. And so I am announcing today (laughs) that I'm feeling better than yesterday. Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) I had this cold. (laughs) 
Well, this evening we have with us Mr. Tommy Womack. Welcome, Tommy. Howdy. Thank you. Tommy comes to us out of Nashville, is that correct, sir? Yes, ma'am. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I am uh, 54 years old, uh, live in Nashville, born and raised in western Kentucky, uh, born in Sturgis, oh, yeah. moved to West Paducah, then at the age of six went to Madisonville to live, and that's where the whole sordid saga really came out of second gear and started to, uh, you know, <laughs> went, went to a coal town. Madisonville, Kentucky is a coal town. Yeah. Uh, th th there was no nothing else. You you either mined coal or you, or you preached to the coal miner sure. like my dad did. I, you know, I thought every da every guy's da dad was a preacher for a while. Right. I remember being that that young, and um, it's not on the way to anything. You know, there's no yeah sites like Pikes Peak or anything. It's, it's so just it's, Madisonville, Kentucky. It is the only place I used to deliver ice to convenience stores on the highways. Uh, um, and one day I looked up at the concrete wall right beside the ice machine and there it said A-C-C-D. Somebody had managed to misspell A-C-D-C. Uh. as graffiti <laughs> I was sober as a judge I swear I looked at it three maybe four or five times if I had a smartphone if I had one of those things I would have Instagrammed it but there it was A C C D close enough uh, that's where I came from to Nashville woohoo <laughs> all right so this evening I have uh, that you're going to be singing for us uh, first song is Nice Day correct mm -hmm. Why don't we uh, hear that song, and then we'll talk a little bit more afterwards. It's been a nice day. We all went swimming. Me and my sweetheart and our boy. It's been a nice day We had a good time The sun was shining And life was joy It was at a friend's house We all got invited We can't afford a swimming pool ourselves our beds are unmade Our bills are half paid But we got beans up on the shelf I'm 43 now My hair is going I got a shaky sense of self-esteem but in that water, that smile on my boy's face For a moment life was not a bad dream It's been a nice day, we all went swimming I love you daddy, he said that twice Nothing got broken, no one got sunburned 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. So where can we hear more of your music, Tommy? You really did, don't have a swimming pool? <laughs> oh, we I'm didn't sorry. have a swimming pool. Not even the little blow-up kind for when you're four and you, j you just wear swim diapers. They don't even have you know, swimsuits for you. Um, so you asked me a question and it went right yeah, through my tiny little mind. That's okay. <laughs> where can we hear more of your music? Uh, well, TommyWomack.com is a great place to start. Excellent. And uh, I'm fairly represented in iTunes and Apple Music and uh, Amazon Music, I think. So are you working on anything currently? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, I'm still officially promoting my last new record, which was, uh, oh, I don't know, nine months ago when it came out. I don't even remember when it comes out. Um, and that one was called Namaste? Namaste. Excellent. And uh, so I've been working out new songs on the road, and I have a live album uh, halfway in the can and waiting to hear mixes of a second gig. There's yeah. an acoustic gig that would be one disc, and this electric gig be another disc. So I'm, I'm thinking of calling that one two different shows. Yeah. Just to be matter of fact about <laughs> what it is, you know. Here's what you're getting. <laughs> no, nothing, no, not snow jamming anybody, you know. Two, two different shows. I got that going on, and I just got to edit back yesterday of my next book. I've written two that, oh. that are published, yeah. you know. Um, I was in a band from 1985 to 1992 called Government Cheese, and I wrote that story called Cheese Chronicles, and you can get it on Amazon. Five-star reader rating. Has been, <laughs> call, has been called one of the greatest rock and roll books of all time in this long roll, Rolling Stone poll. Uh, years and years <laughs> That's ago. That's really For cool. you, government cheese. Yeah, so this, um, I, I wrote, after I wrote uh, um, Cheese Chronicles, I wrote this next little piece as an exercise. And uh, it became a Civil War era novella called The Lavender Boys and Elsie. And it's the story of Albert uh, Devereaux, who was a closeted gay soldier 
in the Confederate Army, and he corresponds with his crazy sister, Elsie, who lives in Clarksville, Tennessee, and Albert, through one surreptitiously engaged gay relationship to another, he gets shepherded up from which one captain says, I see potential in you, son. Anyway, um, <laughs> what happens is the South is running short of manpower, so um, they put in all the nurses who are gay, and uh, they become the Lavender Boys, and they become... Um, I'm going way too long with the description of this, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to get out while I get ahead. Um, let's just say that... Uh, Is there a um, statue for them? <laughs> a Confederate uh, at, statue? At which point yeah. can liter literary, you know, literature be perjury? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, and you've got another song for us. It's all been all right. over before, correct? Mm -hmm. All right, let's hear it. that drink you've had a rotten year I can't touch it anymore but I still like to hang out here I take it from your screams he doesn't love you anymore so you're saying it's all over well it's been all over before I met a girl in Birmingham she really shook my tree she had hair like Farrah Fawcett's and her eyes laid into me I'm closer to the day when Father Time shows me the door I didn't cry when it was over, it had been all over before Like that bad Leroy Brown, everybody called him sir He just wanted you to be under him till he was over her well, There'll come another Mr. Right and a girl you're looking for And you'll whistle freaky deaky cause it's been all over before all over again Nothing new underneath the sun It's all about love and war When it's over It's all over But it's been all over before Now I'm the patron saint Of every dog that's had its day I sing my songs alone now Cause there's nowhere left to play my fans are all at funerals, I don't see them anymore And the fat lady's singing, but it's been all over before Now and then I think about that Alabama girl We might have carved ourselves a slice of heaven in this world but God is in command and everybody knows the score Tonight I'm going dancing, it's been all over before 
bit of... It's a good lesson for these days and times. It's yeah. been all over before. There's a little bit of Dylan in you. Yeah. Oh, a whole lot. For that sure. song, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that one's an outright theft. Oh, it is. <laughs> um, in, in a lot of respects, there, there's, there's a song... I'm not even going to say which one. I'm not going to incriminate myself and broadcast yeah. any further. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's some Dylan there for sure. Well, that's yeah, excellent. But you know, just the whole style. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I mean that as a total compliment. Yeah, Very so enjoyable to thank you. To. Yeah, thank so you. check yeah. Tommy out at TommyWomack.com, yeah. and that's W-O-M-A-K, correct? W-O-M-A-C-K. W-O-M-A-C-K. Oh, there's a C in there. Mm-hmm. Well, then I spelled it wrong the first time. Well, Which well, is well, Jerry. really weird. I made a mistake. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, check is them out, that, Tom. Is that what a mistake is like? Oh, it's so good. that it, How old are you? You finally know what that feels like. Congratulations. Oh, I've made mistakes before. <laughs> well, Tommy, if you would, would you please take us out on Down <clears throat> by the Riverside? All we right. We really appreciate you being with us here this evening, sir, and yeah. we'll look forward to listening to the rest of your song. I'm going to lay down my heavy load down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside, gonna lay down my heavy load, down by the riverside, I ain't war no more, oh, I ain't gonna study Check out our website, jerryspringer.com. 